You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode six. Well, hey there, welcome back to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and I am honored and grateful that you are allowing me to spend a little bit of your day with you. Let's make it high impact. This episode is brought to you by the PMO Impact Summit, our free live virtual event taking place this fall to help PMO leaders around the world have access to everything they need for making a big impact with their PMO. Definitely go check it out at PMOImpactSummit.com. You will be so happy that you did. Today we are going to talk about communicating with purpose so that we can clearly deliver the why and bring people forward through the change process and help everyone create an impact via all the services and capabilities you're building with your PMO. Now, if you have not listened to the first four steps of the Impact PMO Leader Mindset Series, which are instill focus, measure outcomes, not outputs, perform relentlessly, and adapt to thrive, I highly recommend that you hit the pause button now and go back and listen to those episodes. In fact, I would even suggest you go back to the PMO Reset which is episode 001, because it really lays the groundwork for the sense of urgency that we need to have and what the data tells us with respect to PMOs, where they are today, where we can take them, and all of that goodness. So you have an episode 000, which is an introduction, a little bit about me, and then 001, which is my way of kind of hitting the PMO reset button and then the first four steps of the Impact PMO Leader Mindset Series. So make sure to check those out now. And if you are driving or exercising or otherwise occupied and can't take notes, make sure that you go to pmostrategies.com forward slash 006 when you are not driving or exercising or otherwise occupied and download the workbook that goes with this episode. In that workbook, you will have a place that you can take some notes and refresh yourself on the things we're talking about here in the podcast. So you can download that now and follow along, or you can go ahead and grab it later at pmostrategies.com forward slash 006 when you have your hands free. Okay, in the meantime, let's dig into communicating with purpose. Now, the key to communicating with purpose as an impact PMO leader is ensuring that your communication is clear, direct, and always drives actions and decisions. Now, for any communication to be effective, we must start by ensuring we are speaking the same language. And in the PMO context, when we're talking to people about the PMO and the impact that we're trying to make with the PMO, we have to make sure that we are speaking the language of our stakeholders and using terms that they understand to avoid barriers to communication. We've got to talk about the outcomes that we're going to achieve, the impact, that return on investment, the worth it factor for the services and capabilities that we're putting in place, and how their lives are going to be changed a result of the work that you're doing or the changes that you're putting in place with them. 
And we also need to make sure that the deliverable outcomes that they're looking for on their projects are identified and communicated clearly. Now, we talked about outputs versus outcomes when we were talking about how we measure and making sure we don't just measure busy and measure progress, that we're also measuring the outcome and the impact that we're making with the work that we're doing and with the projects we're managing, et cetera. Dive a little bit deeper on all of that here today. Now, one thing to keep in mind is speaking their language. We cannot throw a lot of PM speak, project management speak at stakeholders, which is only gonna make their eyes glaze over. And instead we need to speak in terms of their WIFM. Now, what does WIFM mean? What's in it for me? You always wanna have the WIFM in mind with everyone that you're talking to and make sure that when we're communicating, we are clearly articulating what they need to hear, which is the whys of your PMO, not the what's because they're not gonna really understand the what's anyway. What I mean by this is a lot of times I will talk to PMO leaders and they'll say, well, I told them all the templates we were putting in place and the project process we're gonna put in place and the tools and the changes to the way they implement their projects and on and on and on with all of these deliverables, outputs, outputs, outputs. And what your business leaders and stakeholders are hearing is something similar to that old Charlie Brown cartoons where the adults would talk and the teachers would talk and they'd just hear the wah, wah, wah. That's what it sounds like to your stakeholders. I'm sorry to say, but most of them do not really understand all that project management speak. So we've got to stop talking to them like they get it because we don't need them to get it. And we've got to stop expecting that they do. Instead, we need to talk to them about why we're doing what we're doing with our PMO which if you'll recall in the prior episodes, we talked about meant that we've gone back and we've assessed the organization for impact opportunities. And we've looked at the places we can provide a business value, solve a business problem, address a business opportunity. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about our PMO and the value that it creates. We don't shove all of this templates and tools and process language at them. And we don't get caught up in agile versus waterfall versus all of these other emotional and religious methodology debates. All of that is not what we need to be talking about with our executives and our stakeholders. We've got to instead talk about the whys and the how their lives are going to be better instead of the what's, the outputs, which they don't care very much about in the first place. If you've ever seen two people that were speaking different languages try to communicate and solve a problem, then you know exactly how challenging this can be. And it leaves both parties unsure if they're really on the same page. Think about it. If you've ever traveled to another country or you've been to a place where you aren't speaking the common language or vice versa, you're communicating with someone that does not speak your language very well, Think about how frustrating it can be to have a conversation and to be sure that you're clear and on the same page. So when we start talking about the triple constraint and project management process and templates to the typical non-project management language speaking stakeholder, you run the risk that the two of you will not understand each other and you could potentially lose critical support and an opportunity to have a strong and effective conversation about your PMO and how it's driving impact because everyone's getting stuck in the language barrier and can't follow along. So instead, when we're talking to stakeholders, 
we meet them where they are instead of where we want them to be. And we talk about our PMO in terms of the value, the pain it addresses, and the opportunities that are now available to them. When we're talking to those stakeholders, we can say things like, we are putting this in place so that we can. Now, I have a masterclass and a mini training program inside the PMO Strategies membership, as well as a live version of this masterclass I host a couple of times a year that's called Making the Case for a PMO. In that little mini course, I go into great detail about the way that you can connect the pain you're hearing from that stakeholder to the impact you're making on the organization. It's a four-step process that is guaranteed to kind of break down those barriers in communication and ensure that your stakeholders are excited about the things that you're doing with your PMO as opposed to running in the other direction when they see you coming. So we need to use the language that resonates with them and use terminology that they're familiar with. That's why that business knowledge was so important that we talked about in the Adapt to Thrive because having a common language that you're speaking, which is their language, not yours, about the business problems they're trying to solve will go a long way to helping them understand how the work you're going to do connects to that. That's your job. Create that connection between the business problems they're solving and what your PMO can do to serve and support them. So we got to stay away from speaking about the mechanics of the process we're using and instead talk to them about those outcomes, the impact, the why you're doing what you're doing in the first place. That's what they care about. And that is what will eliminate those communication barriers. Now, the next step in that process is tying the specific deliverables you're creating for the PMO to the impact that will be realized can really get the attention of your stakeholders by creating that connection for them and helping them understand what you're trying to achieve. So we've got to tie all of the services we're providing directly to the impact that each one of those services is going to have on them and the organization. We build the brand and the credibility of the PMO by ensuring that the people that we are interacting with understand the PMO in terms of how it's delivering that organizational strategy and solving the business problems quickly. So instead of saying that you are building metrics and dashboards, talk about the outcome you are creating, which is better transparency to drive educated and informed decision-making, for example. Instead of saying things like, we're creating standards and processes, talk about how you are creating predictability and reliability so that leaders can more effectively plan for the impact and the business transformation they're trying to make. This isn't marketing speak, which by the way, marketing is not a dirty word. Marketing is the way that you communicate your value, your services, and how you can help change lives for the better to those that you serve. So when I say these are the things you need to do, make sure you don't discard the fact that you do have to do some marketing to help people understand the value the PMO creates. And this is not like some used car advertising or you know sales pitch kind of thing. This is, here's how we are going to help you solve your business problems. Because that is what you're doing. You're doing marketing so that you can communicate in a language that people understand how you're providing value and how you're gonna help them move ahead. All right, the next step in this process of communicating with purpose is avoiding what I call information indigestion. 
So what's critical for you to know here is that when you're having conversations with people, whether we're communicating project status or trying to get to a decision, we don't want to overwhelm everyone with tons and tons of data and information. Have you ever been in a meeting and started to zone out because someone is overwhelming you with all the facts and the data points and all this information that is way more than you can possibly process in one sitting? How about those meetings where a stakeholder is drilling down into some irrelevant detail of a status report on the bottom of page four and you know that that data is completely irrelevant to the decision that you need to get made so that you can move forward. But guess who put that report in front of them? That's the problem is that we are the ones often they're putting this information in front of people or creating the templates or the framework or the process around reporting and communicating of information and we've lost sight of why that information is there in the first place, which is to drive actions and decisions. If we overwhelm people with so much information, then they can't possibly focus on the problems we need solved and get us to those actions and decisions quickly. So if we don't want them to get stuck there or get overwhelmed with all that information so much so that they can't even focus or don't know how to process, then we've got to shift the language and the conversation so that we can keep them moving. One interesting thing that I heard recently was that if people are given too much information, they will freeze and not make a decision at all. And this applies to so many different contexts. If you're trying to get your business leader, sponsor, or stakeholder to make a decision and you're giving them five, six, seven options, they're gonna be so overwhelmed that they're not gonna pick one and you'll end up having meeting after meeting after meeting, review and rehash all the same information because there was too much in front of them. My rule of thumb is no more than three decisions. Two is best. If you can get down to that level of specificity, then you can really dive deep onto what they need to know to make a decision without completely overwhelming everyone. So instead of overwhelming people with data, we need to get very laser focused on providing them with the information they need to drive decisions and then stop. Stop talking, stop going into further detail, stop putting data in front of them that isn't pertinent to the decision that we need made right now and focus on getting them to that action decision. If we throw everything at them, they're not digesting all that information anyway, so we're just creating a lot of spinning in circles, which can totally derail your efforts and get you further and further away of creating those outcomes that you're trying to create. So don't waste the time. Everyone has so many more things they could be doing with their time instead of spinning in circles and not getting to those outcomes. All right, speaking of time, one of the things that I think is super important to think about is respecting their time. And I mean respecting all of your stakeholders' time, respecting your time, your project team members, your PMO team members, all of your business stakeholders, everyone you're engaging with. We need to know that by communicating with purpose, we are being respectful of everyone's time. You do not need to overwhelm people or create an environment for tons of unsolicited feedback and comments that are just going to confuse everyone in the process anyway. By abusing that CC line on emails every time you're sending an email, every time you CC someone on an email, make sure that you are very explicit about their role in that communication. 
because the more people you include in a process or in a communication or in a decision, the longer it's going to take to get to a decision. Now, I'm not saying to exclude people that really need to be a part of the process, but oftentimes there's really no need to copy everybody on everything all the time. Same thing goes for this FYI. If you put FYI on an email, you may want to just assume that that email isn't going to be read at all. And so you might as well stop clogging inboxes with putting it out there in the first place. Every executive I've talked to gets super frustrated when somebody sends them an email that just says FYI. They don't have time to read the 14 emails back and forth to understand all the history of what happened. What they want to know is what do we need to do or what decision needs to be made or what do you want from me? So the best thing you can do is to tell them why that information you're forwarding to them is relevant and be very specific. Tell them specifically what they need to know and just get to the point quickly. The same thing goes for those five page emails with long paragraphs that could have probably been done in bullets. Now this is one that I even personally struggle with because I have so many things I want to say and I want to make sure people have the backstory and all the detail. But here's the thing. I've had colleagues and peers and sometimes even executives that have said to me, when you send me a five page email, I'm just not going to read it. And I need you to get to the point quickly and manage up and tell me what you need from me. So if I do send a long email, I will often follow up later with, okay, just do this or just do that. So I probably should just do that in the first place and just put that in that original message. I am probably taking too much time to explain things that they may not need explained. So this is something that I'm currently working on and I like to share with you the things I'm learning and give you the guidance I know is the right guidance, even if it's something I'm still working through. So that's an example of one of those things. You want to be clear, specific, focused, and get right to the point of what you need in your emails so that you can keep everybody moving along. And use that as a way to manage up and out effectively to keep everyone moving. So by respecting their time and yours, that means that you're not having 45 meetings in a week as well, especially just to get status. I was recently teaching an attention management course for one of my clients and I call it attention management versus time management because we all have the same amount of time in a day, but it's how we use it. It's how we focus our attention and our energy that helps determine if we're making an impact. In this training, I was talking to them about some of these habits and I call them habits because whether they're good or bad, they're the things that we just do without even thinking. And so it's incumbent upon us to break the old habits and build some strong new habits that will help us to kind of reinforce these new ways of communicating and thinking and engaging with people. So think about the opportunities and the places that you can reinforce these habits. For example, when you're doing meetings, can you put together an agenda that coaches people through asking the right questions and focusing on the decisions that need to get made? The guidance I give my students is to put an agenda together that has the subject of the meeting being the outcome you want to achieve for that meeting. The attendee list is only people that have a specific role in getting to that action or to that decision. And if there's going to be read ahead materials, we do that in advance. You don't have meetings without agendas and that outcome clearly stated so that they're value focused 
meetings and outcome-focused meetings. And then when you're in the meeting, that whole respecting people's time, you want to think about, do I really need an hour for this meeting? Or am I just putting an hour on the calendar because that's how long our meetings normally are? Think about where you might want to shift that up a little. And instead of having an hour-long meeting, if it really truly is something that requires a lot of collaboration and input and requires a long period of time, make it 50 minutes instead of an hour. Give people a 10-minute break between meetings because the reason so many of us are so late to meetings is that we have them back to back to back and that doesn't leave any time to get some water, go to the bathroom, or take a break and just clear our head and shift our focus before the next meeting. So you can do that with shorter meetings too. For example, I do a 55-minute meeting or a 25-minute meeting and we've now incorporated practicing what I teach by doing daily stand-ups for 15 minutes in our core team and then having more of a working planning get it done session at the beginning of each week to make sure we're all on the same page. And that has helped tremendously. All right, so I know that a lot of those little techniques around meetings and time management or attention management as I call it seem like no-brainers. But I want to go back to what I said about habits. They may seem like super easy things to do, but if you don't do them, you won't see the value. And that's one of the things that I often hear from people is, yeah, 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 I know that that's what you're supposed to do. And then when I say, but are you doing it? They say, well, not really. Truth be told, we're not really doing the things that we know we're supposed to be. So that's why I'm bringing it up here because it does seem very straightforward. Everyone knows, shorten your meetings, make them focused, make them deliberate, make them value and action oriented. But are you doing it? That's what really matters. I'd love to hear your input on this in this post, either inside our Facebook group or our LinkedIn inner circle group, or just when I post about this episode on social media. Go find it and let me know if you are following the best practice habits of meeting and time management and respecting people's time and attention. Okay, the last step in this process is one that I've been hinting to a great deal so far, which is driving actions and decisions. With every communication you create, every meeting you put on the calendar, every new step in the process, I want to make sure that you ask yourself, how will this communication or deliverable or meeting clearly explain what we need and how it's going to drive actions or decisions? If the team is just going through the motions and the process of meetings and reporting because they've always done it that way, I suggest you take a step back and challenge them. Challenge yourself, challenge your PMO, challenge your team, challenge the people that are creating these templates and these tools and these process. We'll touch more on this throughout future episodes, but think about everything that you're doing, question it, take a pause and say, is this deliverable? Is this meeting? Is this report? Is this communication going to lead to a change, an outcome, an action or a decision? And if not, then why are you doing it in the first place? So make sure that everything you're communicating on, because we're talking about communicating with purpose here, can be tied to and will create an impact that will immediately drive a change. And that's how you get to driving decisions quickly, keeping your projects moving forward, getting people unstuck, and really making progress. 
So your PMO, your portfolio, your projects, you want to keep them all moving forward. Remember when we talked about the seamless and frictionless environment and streamlining and optimizing when we were talking about how to create a performing relentlessly kind of an environment? In order to perform relentlessly, you also have to make sure your communications match that mindset, which is why all of this kind of builds upon each other. You've got to make sure that you are matching what you say and how you talk and the reports you put together and the time you take to put all of these communications together. We've got to make sure that we are deliberate and focused when we're doing that so that we can streamline every step of the process and keep people getting it done. So I often say to people, we want to apply what I call the Goldilocks method. Not too much to overwhelm people and cause that information indigestion, not too little so that they are kind of stuck and can't make decisions or drive actions. We want just the right amount of information to facilitate that productivity and that relentless performance across our projects, our PMO, and building and delivering those services and capabilities that our stakeholders need. So you want to tell them what they need to know and then stop. Stop talking, stop sharing, stop reporting, stop creating and providing content, just stop. And if people need more information, they will ask for it and you'll start to get a sense of what is needed. But sometimes when we don't know what people need or what information they need, we just start throwing a bunch of stuff out there. What if they need this? What if they need that? What if they need to know 45 different metrics in order to manage the portfolio or make decisions across the projects? They don't. You're going to get them overwhelmed and they're not going to know where or how to make the decisions or where their energy needs to be focused. So always, always, always start small, Start simple, start with a few key metrics, a few key items on a report, a very simple agenda, a very simple communication. And then if it has to get more complicated because another input is needed, be very clear, specific, and diligent about making sure that that addition is truly helping you achieve the outcomes that you're intending to drive. And if it doesn't, skip it and everyone can get back to getting it done. All right, so there are some great reminders and some ways to build new habits that are more effective in communicating so that we can get to the why, get people moving forward in the same direction, and ultimately getting to impact. Now, next week, we are going to go to the last mindset shift for the series, and it's called Transform Mindset. And this is a heavy one. There are a lot of different pieces, components to how we need to shift the way we think as PMO leaders, take on some new roles as a PMO leader so that we can truly help our organization drive impact. Think a little bit differently about the role of the PMO and how you can make it more of a permanent organizational fixture in your organization. We'll talk a little bit about how to engage and effectively manage your sponsor, doing something I call training your sponsor. We're going to talk about change resistance and how we need to flip our conventional thinking around change resistance on its head. And we'll also take a little bit of time to talk about how to maybe take a little bit more ownership of your career as a PMO leader and what that might look like all coming in the next episode. 
And if you were driving or exercising or otherwise occupied, maybe you were cooking dinner like I'll be doing soon, head on over to pmostrategies.com forward slash 006 to download the workbook and resources to go with this episode so that you can take the time to really absorb what we talked about today from a communications perspective and how you can build good habits and break some of those old habits to make sure that your communication is with meaning and purpose to drive impact. And remember, if you have not listened to the prior episodes, please go back and listen to the first four steps in the Impact PMO Leader Mindset Series, because like I said, they all build upon each other and you will want all of that input before you listen to the last step in this process called Transform Mindset coming to you next week. Thank you so much for your time today. I am honored and grateful that you have allowed me to spend a little bit of your day with you. I hope you have a happy and fantastic rest of your day. And please make sure to go over to your favorite podcast player, or if you're in your podcast player now and hit that subscribe button and download the episode so you can take me with you on the go. And know when our next episode comes out. You'll be the first to know if you hit that subscribe button inside your podcast player. And don't forget to check out the PMO Impact Summit at pmoimpactsummit.com, your free live virtual event where PMO leaders are getting all the resources they need to become impact drivers. And there is no event like this anywhere in the world laser focused on helping PMO leaders make a big impact. And this is our gift at PMO Strategies to all of you around the world trying to make a big impact with your PMO. So definitely go check it out at PMO Impact impactsummit.com and join us for our free live event. Once it's over, the only way you can access it is through a small lifetime access fee, which by the way, I have hundreds and hundreds of people that will tell you it is so worth it because there is so much goodness and so much content in this summit. I am just honored and grateful with the thought leaders that come together to help share everything that they share with you to help you up your PMO game. So go check it out at pmoimpactsummit.com. And I cannot wait to see you there for the live version of this event coming to you this fall. So stay tuned and I will see you there. All right, that's all for now. Thank you so much. And I look forward to connecting with you again next week. Bye-bye for now.